Hello and welcome back to the Talk To Me podcast. I'm Angelique and in today's episode we are going to be listening to a story, The East of the Sun and the West of the Moon. It is a short fairy tale. Once upon a time there was a poor man who had many children and little to give them in terms of food or clothing. They were bony children, but the fairest was the youngest daughter. She was as fair as fair could be. One Thursday evening, late in the autumn, it was dark and stormy and the wind and rain made the walls creak. The family sat huddled round the hearth, each busy with their own task. All of a sudden, there came three knocks on the window pane. The man went out to see who it was and outside the door he found a big white bear standing there. Good evening, sir, said the white bear. Good evening said the man. If you will give me your youngest daughter, I will make you as rich as you are now poor, said the bear. The man thought it was a very fine deal indeed that he would be so rich, but he felt he ought to speak with his daughter first. So he went in and told her that there was a big white bear outside who promised to make them all very rich if only he could have her. Of course she was unwilling, but the man went outside again and settled with the white bear that he should return on the following Thursday evening to receive an answer. In the meantime, the family gave her no peace and kept on describing all the riches that would be theirs and all the good things that she would have herself. And finally, she gave in and said yes. She washed and mended her tattered clothes and got dressed as best she could. Soon she was ready to set out, for there was little enough she had to take with her. On the following Thursday evening, the white bear came to fetch her from the house. She sat on his back with her bundle of things, and off they went. After they had gone a long way, the white bear said, Are you scared? No, I'm not, she said. Hold on to my fur and you will be quite safe, he said. So they rode on even further, and at long last they came to a tall mountain. There the white bear knocked, a gate opened, and they entered a palace with many rooms. It was well lit and gleaming with gold and silver. And they came to a great hall, where a table was laid ready. You cannot imagine how rich and splendid it was. The white bear gave her a silver bell, and if there was anything she wanted, she only had to ring the bell and she would have it. When she had eaten and the evening drew on, she felt sleepy after her journey and thought she would like to go to bed. She rang the silver bell and scarcely had she touched it when she found herself in a chamber where she stood a bed all ready, as beautiful as you could wish for, with silk covers and curtains with fringe of gold. Everything in the chamber was of gold and silver. After she went to bed and put out the light, Someone came in and lay down beside her. It was the white bear. He'd cast off his bear-like shape at night, but she could never see him, for he always came after she had put out the light, and by daybreak he had always disappeared. For a while all was going well, but then she took to sitting about still and sad. She was there alone all day and longed to be home with her parents, her brothers and her sisters. At last the white bear asked her what was the matter, and she answered that she was lonely there. She was all by herself and longed to be home with her family. 
It was because she could not visit them that she felt so sad. I should be able to take you there, said the white bear, but you must promise me not to speak to your mother alone. Speak to her only when the others are listening nearby, for she is sure to take you by the hand, he said, and lead you into a chamber to talk with you alone. But you must never do it, otherwise you will make us both very unhappy. One Sunday, the white bear said that they could go to see her parents. They started off, and she sat on his back. Their journey lasted a long, long time, but at last they came to a big white farmhouse. There were her brothers and sisters running around playing, and it was all so lovely. There was a joy to see. That is where your parents live now, said the white bear, but don't forget what I told you. Otherwise you will make me unhappy, and yourself too. So she swore she would not forget, and when she reached the house, the white bear turned back and was soon gone. Her parents greeted her in all gladness. They scarcely knew how to express their thanks for all she had done for them. Now they were so well off, and they all asked her how she was getting on. She said she was very comfortable and had everything she could wish for. What else could she tell them? It was hard to say. But I doubt whether they got very much from her. Then in the afternoon, after they ate dinner, things happened just as the white bear had said. Her mother wished to speak to her alone, but she remembered what the white bear had told her and refused. What we have to speak of, she said, we can speak of here, as well as anywhere. But in some way or another, her mother ended by persuading her and she felt she had to tell her everything. She told her how someone always came in and lay down beside her when she put out the light at night. She never saw him, because he always disappeared by daybreak, and she was sad, for she wanted to see him so much. During the day, she was all by herself there, so deserted and lonely. "'Good gracious, you may well be sleeping with a troll,' said her mother. "'But let me show you a way to see him. I can give you a candle end to hide your prison.' Light it and look at him whilst he is asleep, but take care not to allow the tallow to drip on him. So she took the candle and hid it in her bosom, and in the evening the white bear came and fetched her. After they travelled some way, the white bear asked her whether things had turned out the way he said they would. She had to confess that he was right. Well, if you have taken your mother's advice, you have made us both unhappy and all is over between us, he said. But the daughter said she has done no such thing. When she reached home and went to bed, the same thing happened again. Someone came in and lay down beside her. But in the course of the night, when she was sure he was asleep, she got up and lit the candle. She let it shine on him, and then she saw that he was the most beautiful prince you could wish to look upon. She fell so deeply in love with him that she felt she must die if she did not kiss him at once. So she kissed him, but as she did, she spilled three drops of hot wax on his shirt and woke him. "'What have you done?' he cried. "'Now you have made us both unhappy. "'If only you had been patient for a year, I should have been saved and freed from the spell. "'But I have a stepmother who bewitched me, so that I am a white bear by day and a human creature by night. "'But now all is over between us. "'Now I must leave you and go to her.' She lives in a castle that lies east of the sun and west of the moon. And in that castle, there is a princess with a nose two yards long. I shall have to wed her now. 
She wept and moaned, but it was no use. He had to leave her, and she asked if she could go with him. No, that was impossible. Tell me the way then, so I can try to find you. Can't I do that? Yes, she could try to search for him, but there was no way there. The castle was east of the sun and west of the moon, and she would never be able to find it. In the morning, when she awoke, both the prince and the palace were gone. She lay in a tiny glade in the middle of a dense, dark forest, and beside her was the same bundle of rags she had left home with. After she rubbed the sleep from her eyes and cried to her heart's content, she set out on her way. She walked for many days until she came to a high mountain. There sat an old woman playing a golden apple. She asked the woman whether she knew the way to the prince who lived with his stepmother in a castle that lay east of the sun and west of the moon, and who was to wed a princess with a nose two yards long. How do you know him? asked the old woman. Are you the one that was going to wed him? Yes, she said. I was. Oh, you're the one, said the woman. All I know about him is that he lives in the castle that lies east of the sun and west of the moon, and you'll be there late. Or you'll be there never, but you can borrow my horse and ride to my neighbour. Maybe she can tell you where he is. And when you get to her, just slap the horse under the left ear and order it to go home again, and you can take this golden apple with you. She jumped up on the horse and rode a long, long way. At last she came to a mountain where sat an old woman winding yarn on a golden wheel. She asked the woman whether she knew the way to the castle that lay east of the sun and west of the moon. And, like the first woman, she said she knew nothing about it, except that it lay east of the sun and west of the moon. And you'll be there late or you'll be there never, but you can borrow my horse and ride to the nearest neighbour. Maybe she will know. And when you get to her, just slap the horse under the left ear and order it to go home again, she said. And she gave her the golden reel, saying it was sure to come in handy. The girl jumped up on the horse and rode and rode again ever so far, and at long last she reached a high mountain where there sat an old woman turning a golden spindle, and she asked whether she knew the way to the prince and where the castle was that lay east of the sun and west of the moon, and the same thing happened. Maybe it was you who was going to wed that prince, said the old woman. Yes, yes it was. But she knew no more about the way than the other two, East of the sun and west of the moon, she knew. And you'll be there late, or you'll be there never, she said. But you can borrow my horse. I think you'd better ride to the east wind and ask him. Maybe he knows of it and can blow you there. And when you get to him, you only have to slap the horse under the ear and it will come home again. And she gave her the golden spindle. It may come in handy, said the woman. She rode a long way for many days before she got there. But at last she came to the east wind, and she asked him whether she could tell her the way to the prince who lived east of the sun and west of the moon. Yes, the east wind said he had heard of the prince and the castle too, but he did not know the way, for he had never blown as far as that. But if you like, I can take you to my brother, the west wind. Maybe he knows, for he is much stronger than I. You can sit on my back and I shall carry you there. And so she did, and the wind blew strong. And when they got to the west wind, they went in, and the east wind sent, for he had brought with him a girl who was to have wed the prince who lived in the castle that lay east of the sun and west of the moon. Now she was travelling in search of him, 
and he had carried her as far as this, and they wanted to inquire whether the west wind knew where the castle was. No, I have never blown as far as that, said the west wind, but if you like I can take you to the south wind, for he is much stronger than either of us, and he has roamed far and wide. Maybe he can tell you. You can sit on my back and I'll carry you there. And so she did, and they rushed along to the south wind. As far as they knew, it was a quick journey. When they arrived, the west wind asked whether he could tell the girl the way to the castle that lay east of the sun and west of the moon, for it was she who was supposed to wed the prince. Indeed, said the south wind, is she the one? Well, I've wandered around a bit in my time, he said, but I've never blown as far as that. If you like, though, I can take you to my brother, the north wind. He is the eldest and strongest of us all, and if he doesn't know where it is, you'll never find it anywhere. Come on, you can sit on my back and I'll carry you there. So she sat on his back and off they went like an arrow, and the journey was soon over. When they approached the home of the north wind, he was so wild and unruly that a cold gust of air came at them from far, far away. What do you want? he whistled far away, sending an icy chill through them. Oh, you needn't be so severe, said the south wind. It's only me and this girl here. She was supposed to wed the prince that lives in the castle that lies east of the sun and west of the moon. And now she wants to ask you whether you've been there and if you can tell her the way, since she is anxious to find him again. Yes, I know where it is, said the north wind. Once upon a time I blew an aspen leaf there, but I was so tired afterwards that I couldn't blow at all for days and days. But if you really want to get there and you aren't afraid of coming with me, I'll carry you on my back and see whether I can blow you as far as that. The daughter said she wanted to go there and she had to go there, if only there was some kind of way. She was not afraid of what they risked. Well, you had better stay the night here, said the North Wind. We are sure to need at least a day if we are to complete this journey. Early next morning, the North Wind woke her, and he gathered all his strength and made himself so mighty and strong that it was terrible to see. Then off they sped, high up in the air, as if they were aiming to strike the end of the world in a second. There was such a storm in the countryside that woods and houses were blown down, and when they passed over the ocean, hundreds of ships were wrecked, and they went on flying far, far away, so far you would not believe it, out over the ocean until the north wind grew so spent and weary that he could not blow any more. So they sank down lower and lower, and at last they flew so low that the tops of the waves were lapping at their heels. Are you afraid now? said the north wind. No she said, I'm not. But they were not far from land now, and the north wind was just enough strength left to drop the girl on the shore beneath the windows of the castle that lay east of the sun and west of the moon. By then he was so tired that he had to rest for many a day before he could fly home again. The next morning she sat down outside the castle windows and began playing with the golden apple and the first person she saw was the nosy creature who betrothed to the prince. "'What do you want for that golden apple of yours?' she said, opening the window. "'It's for sale, for neither silver nor gold,' said the girl. "'If it's not for sale for gold or silver, what do you want for it?' "'You can have whatever you like,' said the princess. 
Well, if I could visit the prince who is here and spend the night with him, I would let you have it, she said, who had come with the north wind, and it was settled that she could do so. The princess got the golden apple, and when the girl came up to the prince's room that night, he was sound asleep. She called to him and shook him, and she wept and cried out to him, but she could not get him to wake. In the morning at the break of day, the princess with the long nose came and sent her away again. During the day she sat outside the castle windows, winding yarn on her golden reel. And the same thing happened. The princess asked what she wanted for it, and she said that it was for sale neither for silver nor gold, but that if she could spend the night with the prince, the princess could have the spindle. But when she came to join him, he was sound asleep again, and even though she wept and shouted and shook him, he slept on so deeply she could not rouse him once. And when day broke the next morning, the princess with the long nose came and sent her away again. Later in the day, the girl sat under the castle's windows, turning her golden spindle, and the princess with the long nose was eager to have that too. She opened her window and asked what the girl wanted for it. The girl replied, as she had done twice before, that it was not for sale for neither silver nor gold, but if she could visit the prince who was there and spend the night with him, the princess could have it, and she was allowed to do so. But it so happened that there were some Christian folk who were captives there, and who were in the chamber next to where the prince was. They had heard a strange woman in his room crying and calling to him for two nights together, and they said, so too to the prince. And that night, when the princess came with a hot drink for him, he pretended to drink it, but he poured it to one side, for now he realised it was a sleeping potion. When the girl came in this time, the prince was awake and he made her tell him how she had found the way there. "'You've come just in time,' said the prince. "'The wedding day's tomorrow. "'But I don't want to marry that nosy trollop, "'and you are the only one who can save me. "'I'm going to say that I want my bride to show me how skilled she is. "'I will ask her to wash the shirt with the three spots of tallow on it. "'She's sure to try, because she doesn't know that it was you who put them there. "'But this task can only be done by Christian folk "'and not by a pack of trolls like these.' and i'm going to say that i'll have no bride but the one who can do this task and then i'll ask you and great joy and delight was theirs that night the day after when it was time for the wedding the prince said first i'd like my bride to show me how skilled she is of course he could see her do anything at all said the stepmother i have a fine shirt that i wish to wear as my wedding shirt and great joy and delight was theirs that night the day after, when it was time for the wedding, the prince said, First, I'd like my bride to show me how skilled she is. Of course, he could see her do anything, said the stepmother. I have a fine shirt that I wish to wear as my wedding shirt, but it has three spots of tallow wax on it, and I would like them washed off. I have sworn that I shall take no bride but the one who has the skill to do this task. So if my bride cannot do it, then she is not worth having. This sounded easy enough, and they were willing to try. The long-nosed princess began swashing it and scrubbing it as best as she could, but the more she rubbed the stains, the larger they grew. "'Oh, you can't wash shirts,' said the old troll, her mother. "'Let me do it.' But she had scarcely touched the shirt when it grew much dirtier, and the more she washed and rubbed the stains, the larger and darker they became, and the shirt just got worse and worse and worse. So the other trolls wanted to try and wash it, 
but the longer they kept at it, the dirtier and uglier it became, and in the end the whole shirt looked as if it had been dragged up the chimney. "'What a pack of good-for-nothings,' said the prince. "'There is a beggar girl outside the window here. I am sure she is much better at washing clothes than any of you. Come in here, girl,' he shouted, and in the daughter came. "'Can you wash this shirt clean?' he said. "'Oh, I'm not sure,' she said, but I'll try.' No sooner had she touched the shirt and dipped it in water, it became white as driven snow and whiter still. "'You shall be my bride,' said the prince. So then the old troll woman flew into such a rage that she burst, and the princess with a long nose, and all the little trolls must have burst too, for I have heard nothing of them since. The prince and his bride set free all the good people who were captives there, and then they took all the gold and silver they could carry and moved far far away from the castle that lay east of the sun and west of the moon we hoped you enjoyed listening to this story the east of the sun and the west of the moon from all of us here at talk to me thanks for listening and we hope you have a great day